0: This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at Le Banks, St. Sampson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk feels a bit weird this evening, doesn't it? What do you find? Being here, having a normal service on an evening. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was dangerous, giving those buzzers out. I knew it. <laughs> no, but it just feels, I feel a little bit discombobulated. <laughs> okay, if so you've got your Bibles, um, turn to cha- uh, Luke chapter 2 for me. sorry and i did i i I had it on the screen and i've forgotten to put it on there so i'll just read it to you okay so luke chapter 2 verses 8 to 20 we're gonna have a little look tonight at the shepherds okay so we've been looking at a few different things over christmas we looked at mary we looked at the gift of jesus and tonight we're going to look at the shepherds so let's have a look at this and in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Wouldn't you have loved to been on the hillside that night? I probably wouldn't have been there because I'm no good as a shepherd, S, but it would have been great, wouldn't it, to see the angel and the heavenly host and to be part of this amazing Christmas story. Here were the shepherds, no idea at all what was about to take place. They had no idea how close they were to what God had for them. Ordinary shepherds sat in the field looking after their sheep and then suddenly this angel appears to them and tells them all that is taking place. Sometimes, in our lives, we've can no—we just got no idea how close we are to something, how close we are to a breakthrough, or how close we are to a miracle, or a change in our circumstances, or our situation, or some sort of encounter with God. We're just ordinary life, doing the normal thing, and then just around the corner, something is going to happen. But I guess there's there's no greater frustration or no greater regret than if you're ever kind of so close to something, but then you just miss it. Have you ever had that? You're so, that little phrase, you're so near, yet so far. And that could have been the shepherds, because the shepherds were just in the field minding their own business, and then the angel appears to them, and they could have missed out on all that God had had for the shepherds they could have missed out on that great encounter they could have missed out on being part of the nativity story but fortunately they didn't they didn't miss out they heard the news from the angel and then they did something about it and I want us to look tonight at what did it take for these shepherds to move from nearby on the hillside to a place actually where they would be envied for generations and looked at and talked about? And more importantly, thinking about our own lives, what's it going to take for us to get where we could be, all that we can possibly be in God? What did it take for the shepherds to move into that amazing encounter with the Christ child? What's it going to take for us to move into all those things that God has for us? Because we could be sat on the hillside We could miss out if we're not careful on the opportunity, just like the shepherds could have done. They could have heard the angel, but done nothing about it. But they didn't. They moved. They moved to where Jesus was. And I want us to think in our own lives, what's it going to take for us to ensure that we fully encounter God in the way that he wants to encounter us? And to move into all the things that God wants for us. So firstly, let's have a look at these shepherds. What does it say? It says in verse 16, And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. The Message Bible says they left running. The NIV says they hurried off. You get this idea that they went with haste. They were in a rush. They were in a hurry. They were running to get to where Jesus was. And they took the opportunity. And I want us to think about that this evening, about taking up the opportunity Because the shepherds were never commanded to go. They weren't told they had to go to see Jesus. They were just told about this amazing birth that was taking place. But they weren't given the command that they had to go, but they were given the opportunity. And they said to one another, let us go. Let's go and see this Christ child. And I think there are times in our lives perhaps that we need to learn to be obedient to the opportunity as well as the command. Sometimes it's really a lot easier to be obedient to the command. If, if you're told to do something, well, then you're told to do it. But if you're just given the opportunity, then it's kind of left to you whether you want to do it or not. You're given the choice, aren't you? And the shepherds were given the opportunity and they took it and they went to see Jesus. And I think personally in our own lives as well that we're given the opportunity All the time to do things for God, to know God more, to serve God, to do whatever. And it's whether we're going to take up that opportunity. Maybe the opportunity to give. The shepherds took the opportunity to give of themselves. You know, what if they put off till tomorrow what they could have done that night and missed it? What if they decided to just actually, well, wait? What if they thought it was too much effort to go and see this baby that the angel had announced. And if they had done that, they would have missed out, wouldn't they? They would have missed out on that great opportunity. But they didn't. They thought, no, we're going to give of ourselves our time and energy and we're going to go and we're going to find Jesus. Proverbs three thirty-eight says, Do not say to your neighbour, go and come again tomorrow. I will give it when you have it with you. I think we're presented with opportunities all the time for us to give of ourselves. Not necessarily commanded to, but we've got the opportunity. And are we going to take up that opportunity and encounter God in doing so? The shepherds took up the opportunity to encourage. What I find really interesting, if the shepherds hadn't gone, they wouldn't have then been able to relay to Mary and Joseph all that they'd just experienced and all they'd just heard from the angel. Because they'd heard all this about the Christ child and then they went to Mary and Joseph, and they relayed. It says in verse 17, And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. So they're talking about this experience that they've just had with the angel and the heavenly host. And they're talking to Mary and Joseph and saying, This has just happened. And I think, you know, this is just my little mind, I think that would have been great confirmation for Mary and Joseph. Because Mary and Joseph have been carrying around, obviously, this encounter. Both of them have had an encounter with an angel about what was going to happen with regards to Jesus. But then they've had to carry that round with them for nine months, just having that one encounter with the angel. And I'm sure for them, this message from the shepherds would have been really encouraging, especially for Joseph maybe at a time when he might have doubted things sometimes. You know what it's like, isn't it, when God speaks to you about something? And then it seems really clear, but then time passes and you go, was that really God? Was that really, you know? And then somebody says something to you, oh, that's the encouragement I needed, that's the confirmation I needed. And I wonder whether a little bit it was like that with the shepherds, because they turn up to Mary and Joseph and says, all oh, this has happened, and they've proclaimed about the Christ child. And and I wonder if that, that would have been a little bit of an encouragement for Mary and Joseph, and it certainly would for all the other people who were hearing what they would say, what they said. Hebrews 3.13 says, But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. The NIV says, encourage one another. And I think like the shepherds, we have that opportunity to encourage all the time. We have the opportunity to speak words of encouragement, to show our encouragement to others. We can do that like they did. And they also, they responded to God. They went with haste, but they responded to God. Because the shepherds heard the angel and then they went. And thank goodness they did. Thank goodness they went. And I think to myself, am I going to do the same? Am I going to take up that opportunity like the shepherds did? Every day there's an opportunity for us to respond to God. Whatever we're doing, wherever we are, whoever we're communicating with, Because every day God will meet us. And he meets us through his word. His living word that is relevant for us today. Hebrews 3, 7 says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. You know, I know there are times when we hear directly from God, that we can hear the voice of God directly into our lives and God can speak to us and speak to our situations or maybe use somebody else But that doesn't happen necessarily all the time. We don't necessarily have those encounters all the time. But God does want to meet with us every day. He does speak through his word all the time. It's a living word for us. It's food for our. It's like daily bread to us. So we don't have any excuse for not responding to God. I think it was the best decision that the shepherds made that they went and said, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to go and find Jesus. Imagine if they'd missed out. I think they would have been pretty gutted if that was the case. So the shepherds, they went with haste. They hurried off. They tried to seek out Jesus. And they gave of themselves. They encouraged Mary and Joseph and they responded to God. But something else happened. And I think that's to do with their priorities. That night, as the angel declared all that the angel did declare, suddenly their priorities were being reorganised. They were being shifted around. Because for a shepherd, the priority was the sheep. Verse 8 says, And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And that was the most important thing for them. That was their job. That's what they were doing. But now the angel had come. And the angel talked about Jesus. And suddenly that was the most important thing. That was the priority. And some of the shepherds could have said, Okay, well... Let's go, but let's take all our sheep with us as well. Still a massive priority, we've got to take the sheep with us. Other shepherds could have gone, actually no, let's just stay here because the sheep are our priority and let's not, let's not bother going searching out for Jesus. We can find ourselves saying the same sort of thing, not about sheep necessarily, but about other priorities in our lives. I wonder sometimes whether our priorities need a bit of reorganizing. This Christmas, I want us to think, this Christmas, what are our priorities? You know, we can get trapped into thinking the priority is the perfect dinner, the perfect cranberry sauce, the perfect present. I don't know, whatever it is. And for me, it's all about the wrapping. (laughs) Sorry, but I like the perfect wrapping and I'm very, very particular about it. But actually, you know what, maybe it's not about all those things. Maybe actually it's about giving our time, giving our love, spending time with those who are near to us, listening to somebody. Maybe the priorities are different to how we're actually acting and behaving. I don't want to look back at this Christmas time and think, great, you know, I had loads of fun this Christmas. I partied well. I had great gifts. I watched loads of Christmas movies. But actually, I didn't I didn't stop to spend time with the main gift. I received lots of presents. I gave lots of presents. But I didn't spend time in God's presence. Because what's that all about? But beyond Christmas, I want to look back on my life. I want to look back on my life, and I want to see that my priorities were right, and I didn't get it wrong. And I didn't put value on on the things that actually weren't that important. I'm sure some of you know of the famous painting by um, Adolf Menzel. It's titled Friedrich the Great, the Great, Address to His Generals Before the Battle of Luthen. Now that's a long... <laughs> but this historical piece just depicts Frederick's speech to his generals in December 1757 and it was during the Seven Years War and they're about to go to battle against the Austrians. And Mendel's work, it, it was depicting this great scene that he painted. But he never actually finished that piece of work. And the painting contains the background. And it contains the general standing in this semicircle. But the main figure of Frederick the Great was left blank. Everybody else is around. But Frederick the Great was never finished. And I wonder sometimes whether that painting, that picture, could be a little bit Like our lives. If you had to see your life as a painting, what would it look like? The background of our career, our interests, our pursuits, maybe our achievements, maybe the faces of significant people, our family, our our friends, our colleagues. Maybe that's all there in the painting. But what does the central figure look like? And is the central figure Jesus? Is he there in our painting? What does our, our painting of our life look like? Or maybe it's got lots of our pursuits, but it doesn't have much of our family. Maybe it's got lots of our friends, or maybe it's got too much work. I don't know. But if you had to look at your life as a painting, and if it had to show your priorities, what would your painting look like? What would the central figures be? The shepherds prioritised that night. They got it right. They put Jesus first. They put the Christ child first. Jesus has been given the name above all other names, and he rightly deserves that focal point in our lives, the centre of our painting. I don't want to ever allow Jesus to be a blank figure in my crowded life. It's about priorities, isn't it? And sometimes I think, yes, if I had to write down my priorities, I know what I would write God at the top then I would probably write my family and my friends and my work and all these things, yeah? We would probably, it would look good written down. But then I think to myself, if I actually looked at how I lived my life, does it always reflect that in my day? If I took a day, a painting of my day, what, what would it look like to someone looking in as my priority? You know, how much time have I, have I spent watching TV and, re- and then compared to reading my Bible? Because actually, whatever I'm spending my time doing and what I'm, that's surely what is my priority. Even though I'm not, don't like to think it is, it probably is. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm going off after this to watch sports TV personality of the year. Don't you worry. But what I'm saying is, You know, when we look at our lives and take a good stock, actually, what are our priorities? How does our life look like? You know, I can easily, easily while away hours watching TV and then struggle to perhaps open my Bible. But what is our priority? What's our priority going to be this coming year? Because actually whatever we spend our time doing, whatever we spend our time reading and what we're thinking about and who we spend it with, that actually makes us the person we are. The shepherds knew what it was to prioritise. They also went and searched for God. And I think we've got to search for what God wants us to have. Let's have a little look at verse 16. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. In the Amplified Bible, in that version, it says, by searching, they found. By searching, they went and they found Jesus. And I think we've got to be willing sometimes to put a little effort in to search for God. You know, the shepherds were willing. They weren't presented with Jesus. They weren't there and then. They had to go. They weren't picked up and dumped in the manger scene. They had to go and they were willing a couple of weeks ago, we looked at Mary, and she had to be willing too, didn't she? It said, may it be may it be to me as you have said. God's not going to force his way into our lives, but he wants to be in our lives. And he wants good things for us. He wants us to run the good race, as it says in Galatians. He wants us to do good works, as it says in Ephesians. He's got good gifts for you. God is good, and he wants all those things. But he wants us to be willing he wants a partnership with us, and I, I think this Christmas time, I want to ask us that quest, ask question to each of us. You know, are we willing to go searching that little bit, that little bit more, that little bit deeper, a little bit more intimacy? Jeremiah 29 says, "You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart." It does take a bit of effort sometimes. It does, but it's worth it. The shepherds found Jesus it was worth it it was worth all the searching and the effort and they didn't stop till they found what they were looking for and I think there's a lesson for us there not to stop because sometimes it sometimes the journey is difficult and sometimes it's hard but not to stop but to keep pressing in there's many things that can threaten um, our walk with God threatened to stop us in our pursuit. Distractions, discouragement, disappointments. I mean, let's not think that the shepherds just ran into to Bethlehem with their peris and, you know, manger street was just highlighted for them, all right? They had to search. They probably had to knock on different doors. It's Jesus there. is this, this baby been born Till they found the right one? I wonder what tries to stop us in our pursuit. Are we willing to press on press in and put a little bit of effort into searching for God and going that little bit deeper. You know, I read something on Twitter yesterday um, which says, the enemy doesn't need to destroy us. He just needs to distract us. I think that's so true. The enemy doesn't need to come with a massive destruction in our lives. He just needs to distract, uh, distract us from something. Are we willing to put that effort in? What's it going to take for us to seek God until we really find him. You know, we, end, we can't expect to just glide through the Christian life and suddenly have a great Bible reading plan and a great prayer life, and it's all going great in the depths of God. We, we do have to be intentional about things. Well, I know I do. <laughs> I, I just, it doesn't come naturally, does it? Just to glide through the Christian life and to be in the prayer place 24-7 and you know reading our Bibles all the time. It does take a bit of discipline. That's why they're called the disciplines. Sometimes it takes an intentional I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna make time. I'm gonna pursue God. I'm gonna to... I'm not saying the Christian life should be one of all effort and difficulty. It shouldn't. We're free. And like I said, we don't have to do that. It's an opportunity. But are we like the shepherd's gonna grab that opportunity and be intentional and go that little bit further? And go searching. And finally, I think sometimes we've got to believe what we see. In verse 17, it says this And when they saw it, and the shepherds saw the scene before them, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. The message Bible says, Seeing was believing. They saw it. There was no pomp and circumstance surrounding the birth of Christ, was there? I mean, OK, the wise men are a bit special with their gifts, but everything else was pretty ordinary. Jesus was born into the humblest of surroundings, to Mary and Joseph, to ordinary people, shepherds coming, just in an ordinary home, um, a normal little home. But it was so overcrowded, there was, there was no room for them in the guest room, so it was just full and they had to place Jesus in the, in the feeding trough in the manger There was no musical fanfare, there wasn't champagne, there wasn't feasting, anything like that. It was just normal. The baby was just a baby. It's a normal scene. I think there was more pomp and ceremony on the hillside of the shepherds with the angel and the heavenly host than there was at the birth of Jesus. It was just an ordinary scene. So Zachariah says we should not despise the day of small things. God's work is done not by power, not by might, but by his spirit. You know, you wouldn't blame anyone for walking into that scene and thinking, actually, that's not Christ the Lord. You wouldn't blame someone for doing that, would you? To walk in and, and say, this isn't, this isn't the king like we thought it would be. And a frightening thought this might be, but me and you might have been one of those people that went in and, and looked at the scene and gone, that can't be God. This little baby Jesus in a feeding trough in a little home it might have been us. Just like many people then said, that can't be Jesus, that can't be Christ. But don't despise the day's small things. You know, in our lives it might look small. It might look like God is only doing something very small. Maybe our faith is very small. But as long as we embrace and we believe God, he will take what is small and do miraculous things with it. We can look at our situations, we can look at stuff going on in our lives and we might think, Where's God? What's God doing? Where's God in all this? But actually if we just look and see and just spend a bit of time, just take a step back and have a little look. Maybe it's just a small thing. But don't despise the small things. It's because God moves in those small things. This evening I wanted to do something a little bit different, and I've only done a shorter message. Because I want us to just think about these little questions that I've just been throwing out and think about the shepherd's response. Now, I don't know about you, but I always get very reflective at this time of year, okay? <laughs> because it's the end of the year. I know it's all psychological, really, isn't it? Time is just ticking on. But the end of the year, and you think, what have I done over this year? What, my, what has my life been like? What have I achieved? All these different things. And then you get excited about the new year and think, okay, what's coming ahead? And You know, what am I going to be like in 2019 and are things going to change? And I think it's a great opportunity for us now this evening just to take a moment to think about the shepherd's response and how that can apply to our life. And I've done a little sheet in a very teacher fashion and you've got a pen on your table. And you can fill this in if you would like to, or you can just spend a little time thinking about it. I'm going to ask Mike in a moment just to play a a track in the background for us. But I've put some questions there in the little topics that I've just been talking about for us to think. I don't want to be the same person next year that I am right now. I don't want to stay the same in God. I don't want to look back at this time next year and go, I'm exactly the same. My Christian life is exactly the same. My walk with God is exactly the same. My devotional life is the same. Everything's the same. I don't want that. I want to be different. I want to know God more this time next year. I want to have gone into greater things with God. I want to have read my Bible more. I want, I, I want to be in the prayer place more. I want the presence of God to fill my life more. But I know that's not going to happen, just me wanting it. Because I know what I'm like. I know what I'm like. I know I'll pick up the OK magazine instead of the Bible. Not all the time, guys. It's all right. It's all right. But I know what I can be like, and so I've got to be intentional. And I've got to think, okay, God, how am I going to change? What's, what am I going to alter in my life to make things better? To grow a little bit deeper in, in you? You know, one of the things, just one of the things I did once was just I found, my, I, I just decided I'd find a bolt hole for myself. What do I mean by that? I just decided one year that I needed a space where I knew it was a holy space. A space I could go to, and I knew that was the place I would go to to meet with God. obviously, I'd meet with God in my house, in my home and in my devotional life. But if I just wanted a little bit extra just to go to a place and say, "Yeah, when I'm there, I'm going, meet, I'm going to meet you God there in that place." Sometimes it's just things like that. We've got to say what we're going to do?" And so I put a little sheet together, and it says, "What opportunities, opportunities, What opportunities are before you? How can you give, encourage and respond to God more? Is there something? Our priorities. How can we ensure that our priorities are ordered correctly? That we're doing what we should be doing? Our willingness. How willing are we to search for God? Is there something that you can do to help you pursue God more this coming year? And then I put, what threatens to stop you in your pursuit of God? And what can you do to address this? Because we've got to think about these things. We've got to be mindful. And we've got to know so that we can do something. Otherwise, it'll just keep happening. We'll just be the same. And then I put, what are you seeing today? Could it be that you're missing seeing what God is doing? Think about your life, your situations, church, work, family and friends. Is perhaps God moving in a way that you hadn't even expected? If you just stand back and take a little look, what's God doing? So I'm going to give these out. And uh, if you want to grab one of these, and then you could just jot down some thoughts. Okay? And you might not want to jot anything down. You might just want to take it away with you. Okay, and you might think to yourself, actually, I'll just I'll just ponder on these questions for a moment. There you go. I might have. Uh, have you got enough over there, folks? Because I've got plenty here. it's not homework honest (laughs) although it might feel like it I just I just want I just think it's so important for us to think actually you know we want all these things in God and I definitely do I want God to use me more and I want to grow in God but I know that I get sidetracked and I get distracted and I get taken off into different things and Sometimes it's just helpful to ask the right questions and to think about, okay, and let's not be silly. Let's not put massive goals. Let's put little tiny goals, you know, because if we don't read our Bibles at all in the week and we only read it on a Sunday to Sunday, there's no point in us saying, well, let's we're going to read our Bible for an hour a day. We might want to just put, you know, I'm just going to read a little passage of the Bible a couple of times in the week or something. Make it small. Make our targets small. But let's let's allow God to have some space. So, Mike, can I ask you to just to put some music on? That'd be great. Okay, this is something that you can take away with you. You can have a little think about. Um, you know, we hear, don't we? Lots of lots of messages, lots of sermons. We hear lots of things and. And sometimes just taking something away with us can just help it to sink in and we can digest it through the week and think about it, think about those things. Fantastic. Let's pray together and then we're going to just end with a a final song of worship and we'll take up the offering as we do that. But Lord God, we just want to thank you for this great nativity story. And each different character is placed in this story for us so that we might learn something, that we might know something. And Lord, I thank you for the shepherds. I thank you that they were just ordinary, ordinary men out on the hillside that you went and visited to tell them the good news. And Lord, I thank you for the response of the shepherds. I thank you for what it teaches us. That they took the opportunity to go and meet with you. They took the effort to search you out. And Lord God, I pray that this year would be the year when we take the opportunities that come our way. We don't just wait to be commanded. We don't just wait to be directed. But when the opportunity comes, we'll take it. We'll grab a hold of it. We'll run with it. The opportunity to give of ourselves. The opportunity to encourage. The opportunity to respond to you. The opportunity to go and seek you and search you out. Lord God, would you put in our hearts a real desire and passion to search for you, to grow deeper in our knowledge of you, to want to be with you more, to know you more. Lord, it was so worth it for the shepherds. If they hadn't taken the opportunity, if they hadn't bothered, they'd never have met you. They've never been part of this great story. And Lord God, we don't want to be so near and yet so far. We don't want to miss out on any opportunity that you've got for us. Lord, we don't want to look back on our lives, making the wrong choices. When you had all this for us and we were so near, God, let us pursue you with a desire and a hunger for more. We want to be like the shepherds. We want to be right in the manger scene. We want to be right next to you, right where you are, right where it's happening. And Lord, that might take some effort. That might mean we've got to move. That might mean we've got to be uncomfortable. That might mean we've got to push on through the distractions and the disappointments. But God, we want to do it. We want to give ourselves to you. So Lord, I pray... Lord, just increase our passion for you. Take us deeper this coming year. And Lord, let us believe what we see. Because Lord, sometimes we look at our lives and we don't see much. And we don't think much is happening. We can't see you, but God, you're there. Even in the small things, let us not despise the day of small things. But let us look for you and find you there. Lord, it's so exciting this journey that we're on. Lord we're excited for all that you have in store for us we want to run the race fix our eyes on you Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads, information, or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceelam.co.uk